0: Nathan, how have things gone for you this past week? You've been a traveling man.
1: Yeah, they call me John Denver around here. Yeah? That's a John Denver song, right? Yeah, no, good joke. Okay, good. I I nailed it. <laughs> I mean, nailed
0: maybe. It. I'm not the biggest Denver head, so uh I assumed that you were spinning a reference that you were close to.
1: Um yeah, I'm I, I'm really more um Sure of it just because it was sampled in a most deaf song.
0: Okay. And I would only be sure of it if he at some point sang it with the Muppets.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I'm doing good. I've just been, um, you know, traveling, watching some TV specials, getting pumped for tonight, you know.
0: Well, I figured you've been doing all of this traveling from place to place. You would want to see a nice little road movie to kind of continue the theme of. Everything you've been going through, seeing this great nation of ours.
1: Yeah. I'm loving that you're calling this a road movie. <laughs> this
0: is one of the <laughs> classic road movies. It's up there with, with planes, trains, and automobiles.
1: Uh-huh. And uh, Road Trip.
0: Road Trip. <laughs> Euro Trip. Yeah. Uh, Euro Trip yeah, 2 so still tripping. I'm assuming that's a movie. Because today... We are talking about a movie from 1984. We're going back into the Star Wars on TV universe with a little movie Mm -hmm. called Caravan of Courage, colon, and Ewok
1: Adventure. Adventure. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited. This one is near and dear to my heart. Me as well. Um, Now, of course,
0: we are talking about the Ewoks, the most controversial thing That George Lucas has ever put in a movie, yes, even more than that scene in the special editions where Greedo (laughs) turns to the camera and does a speech about abortion rights for five minutes.
1: Hold on, hold on. Even more than freaking Jar
0: Jar Binks? Even more than the scene where Jabba the Hutt is wearing a big Let's Go Brandon shirt. (laughs) (laughs) And he digitally po- altered that. Points to it and licks his lips and wiggles
1: his eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, that. Oh, never mind. Go on. <laughs> I was going to reference a comedian that is not uh, referenceable. Oh, necessarily. okay. <laughs> well, if you want to hear that reference,
0: of course, hit Nathan up on TikTok and he will uh, yep. send you that very funny joke that he just swallowed. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's our Patreon. We've been trying to think of a way to make good money off this. Maybe we write down yeah. all of the after dark jokes, right? Ooh, after dark.
1: I like that. Like USA after dark. Uh huh. Yeah, that's right. It's us that and Gilbert Godfrey. After dark. Yeah. And um, someone, some big blonde, woman <laughs> Justin- something. <laughs> what was her name? Jeremy, get in the
0: wig. <laughs> Of course, because, of course, in the booth, it, we are back with producer Jeremy. Producer Jeremy, we've been away from you for too long when you were out on assignment uh, oh. in, in Chile. I can say where you were now. You were in South America doing undercover reporting. How does it feel to be back? Good. With and Vice? I, and I cracked the case, so. Yes. He oh, was good. doing a report with Vice on um, dildos mm-hmm. in indigenous people. <laughs> yeah. He was doing a thing on the dankest cush you can get in a refugee
1: camp. (laughs) Let me tell you, found it. (laughs) Found it. Yeah. And also, um, he did an expose on the old man in the David Lee Roth video.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is that a vice thing?
1: (laughs) I'm always reading stories on them, like finding like, like I think I just read one about um, the – wedding the 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 cat cake scene in november rain where a guy runs through a cake oh yes sure sure oh they found the cake guy (laughs) what a
0: scoop i'm glad that they're keeping up their journalistic integrity yeah i found his connection with marxism so (laughs) yeah yeah nice uh and of course you are listening to what else? But you're listening to Network Special, the only podcast you need if you want to hear about the golden age of appointment-based television, things that you used to have to watch when they were on TV. But now, thanks to the magic of the internet, we can watch these things again and again. My name is Zachariah, and I am here with my wonderful co-host, who?
1: Yanni. Nathan. <laughs>
0: old yn himself mm-hmm. and uh yeah i i i mean of course we were exaggerating for the purposes of humor as we both love being funny on this show and you love oh. laughing as our our loudest critics love to complain mm-hmm. about i like yeah. when people listen to a comedy podcast and then they complain that we are uh, laughing at things that we say
1: <laughs> i know i laugh at, apparently i laugh at everything well, anything, everything I say is very funny, but uh, <laughs> you're
0: listening to Cooter in the Noob. <laughs> oh, looks like Nathan has to drink from the fart funnel. You know, what I can't stand is listening to two podcasts where people are enjoying themselves. And mm. Mm. yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, however, all joking aside, uh, the Ewoks were for a long time, like maybe the most hated thing in the Star Wars movies, because by the time the third movie, Return of the Jedi rolled around in 1983, it had been almost 10 years of fever pitch, Star Wars mania in America, and everyone was getting... A little tired of seeing everything in their field of vision branded with a lightsaber or with Darth Vader's face. Thank goodness we moved out of those times, huh? Uh, mm-hmm. So by the time <laughs> the third movie rolled around and they revealed that the new characters would be Ewoks, cuddly, little teddy bear-like uh things that almost looked like little stuffed animals that you could go and buy on the shelves i've <laughs> i've read articles written at the time or even in the middle of uh like criticism of the movie at the time of release they all have worked in like and of course the newest planned toy sensation these Ewoks, literal teddy bears, come walking into the movie, and everybody just kind of said, This is too much. We don't like it. It's too cutesy. And uh, it was a big fan gripe for a long time. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. kids loved the Ewoks because Ewoks are as tall as children. <laughs> and they kind sometimes. Of, yeah, and they kind of act like uh, kids. And so they were a, a hit with them regardless. And you know who didn't get tired of the Ewoks after the release of the movie was old Georgie Porgy himself, George Lucas. <laughs> and me, baby. Me. <laughs> oh, I loved I loved the Ewoks. I, I had all their little action figures. I would draw a wicket. Did you have uh, their fort? I did. I had the Ewok treehouse. Mm-hmm. Boy, what a what a toy. Those giant trees and you could um put your Han Solo figure on a little spit over a fire oh, and beautiful. pretend to roast him. There was mm-hmm. a little net where you could pick everyone up. Mm-hmm. Uh what else could you do with that thing?
1: Wasn't there an elevator in there? Yes. Yeah, 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 Maybe. yeah. There was a yeah. the
0: little elevator. Um you could take uh, Princess Leia and for a also, ride. And it's also
1: isn't it also the setting For the entrance to Star Tours at Disney World? Or at Hollywood Studios? You know it is,
0: baby. Yeah, that's right. Um, And later that playset was remade for the next blockbuster movie of our time, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. They re-released the Ewok Village and slapped some plastic leaves on the top of it and called it (laughs) Sherwood Forest. And it sat on shelves for a long, long time. I'm sure. Um yeah there was a period of time where you could get all the Robin Hood action figures your poor little arms could carry for about a dollar
1: <laughs>
0: now and now they 're worth a
1: million dollars no, now they 're at least a
0: dollar <laughs> twenty five
1: <laughs> yeah right uh
0: so here 's <laughs> here 's the deal. George Lucas had gotten pretty burned on Star Wars on television. Uh, When he put out the last thing that we reviewed in the Star Wars universe on this show, which was the Star Wars holiday special, because he said afterwards, B. Arthur uh, singing a sort of like um, Borscht Belt Broadway tune in the middle of the cantina (laughs) was maybe not what he had in mind when he envisioned an expanded universe. But he did not want to abandon his core idea. That when you make a TV special, you center it around people in fur costumes speaking a language no one understands. Yes, yes. We had it with the Wookiees in the Star Wars Holiday Mm -hmm. Special when Itchy, Mm -hmm. Lumpy, and Mala, of course, yelled and (laughs) screamed and shrieked at each other in a seemingly endless way. And spanked it. (laughs) (laughs) And now, of course, we've replaced that with Deej, Weezy, Whittle, <laughs> Chuckatroc, Kane, Showdo, Lowgrey, and Wicket W. Warwick himself, the lovable yes. Ewoks.
1: Now, had he done Willow yet?
0: No, Willow was years later. Okay. Um, okay. The guy who plays Wicket, his name is Warwick Davis, mm-hmm. one of the most uh, kind of prolific little person actors. He was 14 when he made this, and he was probably about uh, 12 or 13 when he made Return of the Jedi. Okay. Okay. Almost all the actors who were playing Ewoks in Return of the Jedi are in this as well. Um, Okay. (laughs) You know, I was looking over the movie credits of all the Ewok actors in this, and I'll tell you, uh, I've heard interviews with little person actors, and they will say you know obviously it is tough to get roles and it's but it's also tough in the fact that whenever you're hired it's almost like you're getting hired as a special effect <laughs> yeah. um uh, you know maybe you're not getting stuffed into a costume but at the very least your height will be what your character centers around there's very few parts for little people where that's not like it's not almost used as a a gross like shock factor i think there's less of it
1: now but it's yeah. still pretty rare um and return this was after Return of the Jedi, right? Because we know we already knew what these were.
0: Yeah. Um okay. Return of All the right. Jedi was 1983, and this came out the next year, November 25th, 1984.
1: Um I and Yeah. Have there been ewoks since? Hmm. I think we see
0: them celebrating at the end of the third prequel when okay. Uh, everybody's jumping around and dancing to new age music. <laughs> and then after that, are there Ewoks? I'm going to say, I don't remember them being in any more movies. Now that I've okay. said that, everyone's going to send me screenshots of when an Ewok walks by in some
1: scene in that space casino. <laughs> yeah, I know. Are they, um... I'm trying to think, like, the last time I saw any kind of, like, mention of Ewoks was, it, you know, like, I like I, I don't know how, if you if you didn't grow up with those, I mean, I guess if you, you just watch Star Wars, you just always know from Return of the Jedi. So there's no way, there's no chance of you not knowing what they are if you're a Star Wars person. Oh, now, no matter what age you become a Star Wars person.
0: I think so. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. right? Right, they they seem like uh, there's a kind of a flattening of history that they're trying to do with Star Wars, where everything is treated on the same level. So I think if kids get into Star Wars, they're probably just watching anything that's on Disney Plus.
1: Yeah.
0: By the way, this is Did our first s- Disney Plus streaming available show that you don't have to go no, digging no, through. No.
1: No. 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 Uh, wait, what was that? Musketeers. Oh my god. Musketeers, God, and also the Star Wars special, kind of. Uh, if you have like
0: two minutes of it, um, God. But the Musketeers one, I forgot about the Musketeers because the Musketeers has actual seventies ad breaks in it. Wait, so is insane!
1: Fuzzbuckets on there too, right? Is it? Oh yeah, I think Fuzzbuckets. God, there. <laughs> they're also low bomb. rent and terrible looking
0: <laughs> transfers. I just put them in YouTube universe in my brain. Fact checked. Busted.
1: <laughs> Have you uh, – this is Ewok related but not related to the show. Have you seen the clip of the Good Morning America um, uh, where the Ewoks um, – it's like a Halloween special, I think. And they get a couple of people, a couple of actors to come in and play Ewoks and just kind of hang out on set while they're doing the the live uh, – streets and and it's clear that one of these guys is drunk like a couple of these ewok actors are drunk because they're like because they're they're throwing up out
0: of their costumes
1: (laughs) at one point they're like one guy starts moonwalking and doing all the crotch moves from michael jackson and he gets on the ground he's humping the ground and they're like picking they're like Grab, picking them up to stop them from do- and then they start uh, humping Al Roker's leg I think <laughs> and, and one of them then they start getting into a fight and they're doing like karate kicks at each other <laughs> it's wild now do
0: you think they got actual Ewoks
1: and that's just them well, acting no. out oh you think real Ewoks think from were maybe Planet real the moon Ewok. of Endor yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, mean, that's, I mean that's highly possible I guess in these days with, you know, with all the Elon Musks and the Bezos in the world going up to the, oh, going up to space, you know. I
0: wouldn't put anything past them. Elon yeah. Musk, you know he's got Ewoks in the basement. I'm 100% certain he's made it to Endor. These Ewoks, you know, I'm not a fan of the special editions. I'm not a fan of going in and changing effects on, on movies. Just I think you should let them be. That being said, um, my child brain forgot. It's kind of creepy when you're looking at a prolonged close-up of these Ewok masks because they don't blink and the mouths don't really move and they haven't put lids on the <laughs> eyeballs. So the Ewoks just have this wild-eyed thousand-yard stare and their <sighs> little unbrushed buck teeth and yeah. their big hollowed-out piggy nostrils. <laughs> and you can see the seams. On
1: their outfits.
0: Yeah, if they if sit down you see the bottoms of their feet, you see the two little, like, seams that yeah. connect the feet and like, together.
1: Uh, and also, like, uh, either on their stomach or their back, it kind of looks like they've had, like, surgery. <laughs> Just the tiniest, like... But then there, there's also a baby one that looks oh, hideous. Oh, the little puppet. It looks like a baby yeah, looks, chimp, basically. It looks
0: like a ghoulie. <laughs> <laughs> or it looks like the the cover of the weekly world news where it would be like man monkey baby found in cave yeah and I also assume yeah. you know I had a person ask like why are they why do they all wear like those little shawls and it just occurred to me, oh it's
1: so you don't see the neck seam that's why they're yeah. wearing them it's
0: just a the cover of yeah. their neck
1: and also when the baby like makes a noise like they... <laughs> The whole face, like whenever it's like talking, you know, like it's mouth is moving, the, the whole face is being crunched in because it's the puppet and it's the whole face is the puppet. <laughs> so like the nose is crunched down on top of the lip. It's like those <laughs> rubber
0: finger puppets with the, the four holes that you you get like a, out of a vending machine. And you stick yeah. your finger in the like the wacky face. Yeah. But you could tell the actors had figured out, oh, I can get some more life out of this mask if I stick my tongue Through the mouth hole in the teeth and kind of like flick it back and forth, which looks revolting when you see a close up of this face, and then like a real slimy tongue emerges from those weird little butthole lips
1: they have. Yeah, it's it's um. If you're just like casually glancing at them, they're super cute. But if you just take a moment. To examine them, they're hideous.
0: Well, I was watching this with a person who really was not familiar with the Ewoks and they kept saying, ew, when they came on screen. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely a great example of how clarity in HD uh, can be a huge detriment to your production if you don't have mm. uh, the right tools because watching this, you need like that fuzziness. You need that... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tar on the screen from grandma smoking in the house, kind of covering things up and covering a multitude of sins.
1: Yeah. Now I will say, um, this, like, what did you think about the scenery, the sets and stuff?
0: Most of this is filmed in the budget saving manner, which is you film it in the redwoods of California, which is where they shot a lot of return of the Jedi. So uh, I mean, that stuff looks nice. They're in big <laughs> national forests. Yeah. Uh, the other stuff, I like the little hut um, sets. When you get into things like the caves, it gets a little Star Trek. You know, they yeah. turn the lights down as much as they can to kind of hide mm-hmm. the cardboardness
1: of the rocks. I uh, just, I loved all the matte paintings. Oh, the matte paintings this. are incredible. They were so amazing. Yes. Just huge uh, – um, for anyone who doesn't know, a matte painting is like basically when they want to film and not have to build an entire city or landscape. Or put a planet just, in the sky. Yeah, you can just film a little – have someone at the, like the bottom left of the screen or something, and then you put a glass in front of them, like right in front of the camera, and then you paint a scenery on that glass, and then – it's an illusion. It looks like that is actually behind them, and it's amazing.
0: This really felt like a big last hurrah of I mean, even though it's 84, it was not the last hurrah by any stretch, but you see so many of those classic 80s movies effects. It it seemed like a almost like it was made for a making up special because you have matte paintings, you have a miniature in the foreground and then people in the background. So the miniature looks really big. You have stop no. animation, you have puppets, you have guys in suits with, you know, sweat sprayed on their masks
1: so they look gross. I mean, this is like, like 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 what like what like is there any any CGI in this? There's like everything's oh, no. either animated, right? Like like no. obviously there's no CGI because there wouldn't be, but I mean like that would have looked like Tron. Even the animated stuff you have, like, all you have is you have like a laser. Mm-hmm. And then you have the little, there's these little sprites. Mm-hmm. And then I guess anything that would be like maybe glowing that would need to glow. But like really it's all like everything is freaking practical. Nothing is, is yeah. fake. It's awesome.
0: You know, there's something about matte paintings. And I part of it is I always ask myself, do I like these certain things just out of the nostalgia or it's like my kid brain kicking in, so I'm like, I like the way this looks. There is yeah. something about hand-painted um, mats or, or background effects that will always look so unique because it's just one person's vision. It's not somebody working through a computer, and the computer will always have certain limitations or certain a certain look to it. Like, yes, yeah. they're trying to make things look natural and they're trying to fool you to a certain extent, but you're still just seeing, like, one person's artwork, you know, I always feel unfettered. like
1: the CGI kind of looks – Um, I mean, there's plenty of times where I've watched something and I didn't know something was CGI. Cause, right. Because it seems, like, completely pointless to pay, pay someone to do something you can just actually film easily. <laughs> but for some reason, like, no, we have to – We have to draw this cityscape that's ten miles away from where we're filming when you could just do that. But they But it it does Hollywood, take notes. (laughs) But (laughs) you're dumb. But there But there is a little bit of a sheen on it or something. Like there's like a I feel like you have to like I don't know, with matte painting it, it just seems more kind of magical and, but you know, I mean, I guess this is just the freaking old, like, you know, like I only listen to records. Music should have pops and hisses. Of course. Or whatever. There's plenty
0: of great CGI that we've never even realized was an effect. That's really great CGI, but you're not going to register it and either praise it or condemn it because it just looks right. But
1: also, right. And, but also like, you can never fully one hundred percent nail the human acting with animation. Like I feel like you can never fully get it. Like it looks fine and it's oh, not oh, you're talking ruin about movie, your
0: your your full on like motion capture performance stuff.
1: Yeah, just anything like that. Like you'll never fully one hundred percent nail it, but you can with a freaking puppet. <laughs> you can nail it with a puppet <laughs> because someone's actually holding the puppet and pushing it away. You know, like.
0: Yeah, well, that's the Werner Herzog Glove and Baby Yoda thing, right? They're on the set, of the, is, Mandal- is- on the set of the Mandalorian, and uh, originally they were going to have a puppet Baby Yoda or Grogu on the set, and then th- they were like, oh, well, we don't know if this is going to look great when we um, finally put this together, so we're also just going to get uh, a shot with nothing where he is in case we want to do an, him as an animated character instead. Right. And apparently, uh, a crazy person, a genius, depressing documentary director Werner Herzog said he called them all cowards. <laughs> he positive. apparently loved the puppet. It's <laughs> <He was> like <laughs> you must use. It.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've heard this story now. This, this is familiar. Um, so did, yeah, he's right see, there with you. There's another one um, that where the wild things are. Mm, mm-hmm. Didn't they initially? film it where they were just going to kind of animate the faces.
0: Mm. That's usually what they kind of do now is they augment things.
1: Yeah. Uh, But, but I think they couldn't get it down exactly. So they, uh, but there is footage of what they shot that you can watch.
0: (sighs) That's makes sense. I could see that being just like a couple years too soon for that sort of technology to really mesh onto a physical thing. I think it would have looked pretty irpy. Yeah. That's a movie I need to revisit because I saw it in theaters and I remember liking it fine, but there was also just something kind of, uh, uh, unsettling isn't the right word. I don't, I don't know. I I don't know if I knew how to feel after watching it. I should see it again.
1: Yeah. It's a very kind of, um. You know, it seemed so esoteric. Sundance, yeah, Yeah.
0: (laughs) maybe it seemed so kind of self-consciously arty that I um, didn't know who it was for. Like I was, who made it again? It was Spike Jones, wasn't it? That's, I think so. Spike Jones and Karen O. But I'll tell you who uh, uh, didn't have uh, one of the yeah yeah yeahs in there music this is a terrible segue we can just get <laughs> back to talking about <laughs> did you see who did yeah, the music for this it. by the way what's that Did you see who did the music for this i mean there's no. some john williams cues they've kind of laced throughout okay. but uh the guy who did the music for this is peter bernstein who is okay. elmer bernstein's son oh um the uh, uh ghostbusters guy right ghost he did ghostbusters cape I love fear the ghostbusters yeah music and it's the golden arm um, but Peter, however, got to do the music for Ewok Adventure, Wild Wild
1: West, I loved it. Omega Code 2. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> I love the music in this. It's good. Big sweeping. It's standard. standard yeah. TV special. You know, I love this kind of music. Yeah. TV special fantasy. I always fantasy. say that in all these. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one thing I noticed, uh, and someone brought this up to me was that in this this isn't considered science fiction. You know, I know everyone argues about fantasy and all this stuff, right? But this one, like there's like barely there's like no technology in this. There's a laser gun and then there's a broken ship. Everything else is magic. Right. This is like a pure magical world. Um, but there's but magic isn't in the Star Wars movies, no. right?
0: No, there's the force, but this seems more like
1: out and out yeah. magic
0: spells. Like They go to a witch doctor. They get magical implements that kind of come to life when they are needed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And of course, I mean, sci-fi people would never call Star Wars sci-fi ever. They would call it a fantasy. Right. Um, Right. But this, yeah, this is odd because it is very magic heavy.
1: Yeah, there's no, there's no like, um, scenes where you're, you know, trying to fix a robot so I can show you a hologram or something. Like, this is like just, oh, carry this stone. (laughs) You might need this smooth stone. Uh, and then, and then you'll find out. We'll, We'll find out what it's used for.
0: It is worth saying this, uh, screenplay is by a guy named, uh, Bob Carrow. And, um, you might wonder what he had worked on before this. Well, what he had worked on before this was putting George Lucas's children to bed because oh. Bob Caro uh, was George the nanny of George Lucas's children. And that's how he got this job. Wait,
1: wait, hold on, hold on. I can hold on. He just said, okay, I need someone to write this movie. Who can we get? And George Lucas was like, well, this guy's my nanny, so he gets to write it.
0: Apparently, George Lucas wanted to do something kind of for kids because he had a yeah. daughter who was around the same age as the little girl in this movie. Okay. And he wanted to use the Ewoks because, as we said, he can't get enough people in fursuits with yep. a weird language. Yep. Um, And I don't know how it came to be. I just know that Bob went from – Nanny to screenwriter in a classic (laughs) Hollywood tale.
1: (laughs) So this, so let's get into the story of this. Sure. The okay, the the the, okay. So how do we open? We open with
0: well, we uh, open the parents. We open with a little bit of narration, which is (gasps) odd. Well, here's what's interesting is when I was I remember this I have not I watched this movie when I was a little kid. I did not see it when Me it too. premiered in nineteen eighty four because I would have been way too young. I must have seen it on a, a re airing. Yeah. But I had it we taped it onto VHS and I watched it a lot, but I had not seen yeah. it in oh, definitely well, well, well over twenty years. Yeah. So I remembered it being a Native American um actor doing the narration. (laughs) It is not. It is a very old and very sleepy sounding Burl Ives (laughs) folk singer Burl Ives. You know, the guy who uh, went to chop up Bob Dylan's amplifier (laughs) because (laughs) Bob Dylan was playing that electric guitar too loud at a folk festival. (laughs) So they woke up Burl Ives to do this narration. It, it's it's odd. I wonder if they made them add this narration. Because it pops up occasionally, but isn't really necessary. Like, we get what's going on.
1: No, it's not necessary. Um, I gotta say, I freaking still love it. I don't know why. It's not necessary at all. But his voice, I guess maybe because it seems very Rankin-Bass to me. Like,
0: Well, and d- he did tons of Disney movies.
1: Yeah, and so just having this cozy grandpa voice like tell you what's going on. I'm like, just, I'll just listen to him read the book.
0: Can you imagine
1: the record book giving
0: this guy, let's see, how old would he have been then? Giving this guy in his late 70s these lines and he just like is going to the recording studio looking at the script for the first time, not knowing what he's talking about. (laughs) Wicket decided to go... To the medicine doctor to see what Tila's.
1: <laughs> what the hell is this? I like how you're doing it as a Native American impression. It's
0: pretty. Burl, I, this is the sleepiest <laughs> Burl a- Ives. It sounds like they just like shook him awake and handed him a script. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: it, 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 but I
0: love it. I love it. Uh, well, if you're asking, but the first thing that happens is we see uh, two people with a crashed Star Cruiser at night Yes, on
1: Endor. Right. And, and is this the $6,000 a night Star Cruiser that you can ride in <laughs> at Disney? <laughs> oh, boy. Have you watched any uh, video of that thing? I have. Oh, uh, well, man. I have, but I've hated it so much that I just don't – I haven't watched much.
0: I uh, – Look, this is a tangent we're not gonna go on, but I cannot believe just the steel balls of Disney charging six thousand dollars to be on an improv- in an improv space hotel. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. It's improv actors doing
1: Star Wars improv and teaching choreographed dances, yeah,
0: oh, and you get to buy like a thousand dollar outfit for yourself. Your oh. your space outfit. <laughs> oh. I hate this thing so much. Anyways, uh, they're very concerned because their children have run away from the crashed Star Cruiser. They don't know where they are. Um, boy, these actors, the woman playing the mom, I was listening to her performance and going, oof, boy, this woman is really bad what was she just like on a soap opera or something and that was that i looked it up it's like oh she's an irish actress doing american accent that's why it sounds weird because she's like she's this beloved fixture of irish acting like she was named one of the 25 greatest irish actors of all time (laughs) well she ain't
1: bringing it in this um she's looks familiar to me um yeah did you look her up to see? It I did. In terms of, I'm not going you- to list
0: all the IMDb. Stuff. She's in like over 130 movies. So, but it, was
1: there anything that you were like, "Oh my gosh, oh that's what she was in" or anything? Uh, yeah, she is in Rhapsody Kids. Actually, that's
0: probably where you know her from.
1: Rhapsody Kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She
0: she plays beatbox and Janine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what she's sure. from. They're not on screen okay. very long because a big giant monster comes out and grabs them. A monster called the Gorax. And Nathan, <laughs> let me tell you, when you're a little kid, the Gorax is the scariest monster you have ever seen in your
1: life. It's just so one of those- I don't re- I don't remember. Like I remember being in my basement and this movie coming on. And me watching it and like thinking about, oh, this is so cool. A Star Wars movie on Mm. TV, like a kind of thing. But I do not remember anything except the girl with the blonde hair, the little girl. That's all I remember, Sindel. (laughs) And can we say like the kids in this movie? Mm. Good. The kids in this movie (laughs) are horrid, horrible actors.
0: The little girl gets away with it only because she is so little. Yeah, but. Barely. I mean, maybe that's bad direction then. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't. We'll get into the kids in a minute, um, <laughs> but we can get into them now. Yeah, because we see the the runaway kids soon. It is what are they? Mace yes. and
1: Sindel. Mace is the so, boy. Sindel so, is the girl. And and why is there? T- why are there two Maces in this universe? In Star Wars. <laughs> Because there's Mace Windu.
0: I bet you anything George Lucas forgot that he named another character Mace (laughs) when he was naming Samuel L. Jackson's character. Yeah. Mace, that sounds pretty good. (laughs) Gosh, it's almost like it's been there the whole time. (laughs) That's why this isn't canon. That's the only reason. Somebody reminded that. So this isn't? No, it's not canon.
1: Wait, hold on, hold on. Oh, it's for kids. That's hold on so we know this isn't canon no it's not canon hold on you keep saying that but i'm saying (laughs) did you read that somewhere
0: yeah it's me george lucas i'm saying it's not canon
1: (laughs) okay this is (laughs) considered
0: okay i don't know what all the terms are here this is on wikipedia okay okay um and of course wikipedia's
1: I trust Wikipedia.
0: Yes, their slogan is check and recheck the facts. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. If you go down to continuity, and I can't imagine how many times fussy little fingers have typed and retyped this information to their liking. (laughs) So maybe this will clarify everything. The film was classified as C-canon in the Holocron Continuity Database, and it was officially (laughs) set in 3ABY. Producer Thomas G. Smith claimed the film shows a young Ewok playing with a toy ad which would indicate the Galactic Empire had been on Endor by this point. Eric Walker has said that Smith told him that the crew saw the film as being set 150 years after Return of the Jedi, setting it at around 154 ABY. Leland Chi considered using this date for the holocron, but ultimately rejected it due to Wicked's youthful appearance. (laughs) So, there you go. Asked oh, and answered. Lord. That's when this movie takes place.
1: Holocron.
0: Uh, yes, this is C canon in the Holocron continuity database. So there's, okay. <laughs> what? What do you need? All right. What do you need clarified? I get it. <laughs> I just love the okay. fact that the person doing the writing sounded so much like Tarker Carlson. <laughs> Now, Tarker Carlson is, of course, the Star Trek version of Tucker Carlson. Yes. (laughs) You are in D continuity. Tarker Carlson. Yeah.
1: Tarker Carlson. (laughs) Gosh. So these kids, Mace. So Mace, now, we both said this, that the actor looks, I mean, like a you know, a kawaii version of um, Luke Skywalker.
0: Well, yeah, we we said it off mic to each other, but yeah, he looks like a well-fed Mark Hamill at 14. (laughs) Um, This actor's name that we're insulting. I I guess we're not insulting his appearance. He He looks so much like Mark Hamill. It is distracting. I would say. Yeah. Um, and it's not worth it that they hi- – now will be insulting. It's not worth it that they hired him because the kid's a terrible actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was know. in barely anything else. Um, let's see. Here, here's where I feel bad for Eric Walker, the kid who played Mace. This is the first line of personal life and career, which is definitely not written by him. Born in 1970 in Upland, California to father Gene Winston Walker II. Very important. All the fans know that. Oh, Gene Winston mm-hmm. Walker II. Well, of course now I'm listening. Uh-huh. Eric began to fulfill his mother's dream that he and his siblings would become actors when he appeared oh, in a no. Jack in the Box commercial at age six. Boy, is there a bigger red flag than his mother wanted all her children to become actors? That's where <laughs> I feel for this, this poor guy. Um Man. now this is one of those people who, and I don't I, I don't blame anybody for wanting to make money off of their glory period. This, this guy has leaned into being in this movie pretty hard in the last couple years. He's kickstarted a book called growing up on Skywalker ranch. That's what it was called. Originally he retitled it. I forget what he was called. Um, and he petitioned Disney plus to put these movies, these Ewok live action movies on Disney plus. He is the reason that these are now on the channel. And okay. now he's petitioning that they have a Blu-ray release complete with commentary by him and Warwick Davis.
1: Okay. So well, he's not the girl. <laughs> the girl doesn't get to be on it, the commentary. No, you saw her acting. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know why.
0: I, I think he and Davis were the same. They were both 14 on the set. And he's okay. uploaded a little mini documentary George Lucas gave him and Davis uh, a camera and he said, make a little documentary about being on set and I'll teach you how to edit some stuff together, which seems very sweet. George Lucas is one of those guys who makes crazy decisions, but he also seems like a giant sweetheart. Yeah. You know what?
1: I think he just gets in his own way. Didn't he like have – wasn't there a time where he was like – he wanted to build some like affordable housing somewhere and like the council, the city council was like trying to stop him or He something. was going
0: to build, it was affordable housing and also this massive complex called, uh, this isn't what it was called. It's something like the George Lucas museum, like a yeah. huge thing. I think he was going to be funding it all himself. He was asking yeah. for no city money Yeah, and they basically just nickeled and dimed and argued with him for years. And then he finally was like, well, fine. Forget it. I'm not going to do anything. I guess this
1: won't be canon for your city. This <laughs> is going to
0: tea cannon. T for the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. He yeah, just, yeah, I mean, he so he just tries, like tries a... so hard. <laughs> he no. cannot get out of his own way. Anyway, uh, this... Movie is is kind of hard to summarize because it's very lackadaisical. It's not like stuff doesn't happen. It's almost like, um, um, like a Studio Ghibli movie in terms of its pacing. They kind of walk from place to place, and they, you know, they meet the Ewoks and befriend them and uh, talk them into helping them find their parents. And then you know it's just kind of traveling from campsite to campsite and getting in little scrapes. Except the kid. Except the kid, like I mean, the kid's a total douche this whole time. (laughs) So the little girl is a complete angel and uh, looks like one and uh, does nothing bad or that interesting. And then Mace, and I think part of this is on this kid's performance, just yells at these poor Ewoks who are clearly trying to help them at every step of the way. Yeah. I can actually cue up. Sound off on what, what your main uh, issue is with Mace while I find this so, cue to give you a little taste of his acting.
1: It, like, so... <laughs> his acting is, first of all, he makes no facial expressions. His face is exactly the same no matter what's happening. And then mm-hmm. tears will appear if he's crying. But like his face does not make so then so if he's going from like um it's okay, we'll be okay to hey, leave us alone, it's the same, exactly the same. And yeah. he just it's like he's it's like he's reading from a cue card. Yeah. All the lines.
0: So, here's a little taste of Mace's acting. This is when uh, the Ewoks need to seek some counsel as to where their parents might be. So, they go to Logre, who is the medicine man of the village, who shows them a vision of uh, their parents in a cage trapped by a monster.
1: Okay,
0: Okay, is taking the (laughs) the talisman. Be careful with that. Mace yells at this old man. All right, come on. Here we go. Here we go.
1: Dad! That's what? mommy and
0: daddy. <laughs> oh what is that? It looks like a monster is something real big. Where is it? Where is it? <laughs>
1: if we don't help them, they're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> you picked the perfect scene. It's like dad. that. And <laughs> What it is it? Like it's real monster. big. It looks
0: like a monster or something. Monster
1: <laughs> if we don't help them, they're going to die. Food, eat, eat, food. <laughs> That's
0: when these Ewoks have. Uh, after he's tried to beat them senseless, they take him into their house, and then he starts berating them for not giving them food. And he goes, "Eat, eat, food, food, eat, eat." <laughs>
1: yeah it's it's bad yeah you that's that's it that is in a nutshell all of the acting
0: I forgot to say something I also like about the kind of budget consciousness of these sets is they they kind of spend their special effects money on the monsters that try to attack them but when it comes to friendly creatures it's just like oh space owl space bunny oh they have uh, a space goat (laughs) They have a space uh, ferret. They do. They, have a, they give her a space <laughs> ferret to play with. And by, by space ferret, we don't mean they've glued little antenna onto a ferret. It's just a ferret. It's just yeah. a bunny they've put on set Yeah. to distract these kids. There's stuff that looks really good in this. Like, they built a full, like, um hang glider that looks like it's made out of sticks and oh, leather yeah. that a, a real actor is <laughs> flying around on in a Ewok outfit um, can
1: we talk about that the um when there's a couple of times where there's stunt people doing the thing because because obviously like a person of like Warwick's stature can't probably comfortably ride a horse very easily
0: um so when, there's a lot of these people who have double credits as okay, stunt and actor in these. So a lot of okay. these people are doing their own clambering. Oh, sure. <laughs> that
1: what I'm saying is, is though when someone when there is a scene where um, their caravan get, takes off because it's, the horse gets scared, mm. and one of the Ewoks jumps on the horse, and it is a grown man in a m- huge Ewok suit jumping on this horse
0: i didn't i didn't track that but that's very funny
1: and he has really long
0: legs
1: (laughs) really tall torso it looks hilarious
0: oh god i have to i have to find that scene not right now i gotta find that scene
1: there's a couple of scenes in this where there are kind of people in the background who are ewoks you can tell they are adults i mean i'm sorry not adults they are either <laughs> I, I know what you mean. they're people of regular yeah. height,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Like they're either like kids that of that height, or or they're whatever, they're you can tell that they're just they've placed them in different places, yeah. Yeah, they um, probably
0: only had so many little people actor on set, and they kind of had yeah. to like fill in the background actors and they put them far away to make them look shorter,
1: <laughs> yeah. And then there's also the scene where uh Mace uh gets catapulted up to. A cage where their parents are hanging, and he gets catapulted up to a page, and he he lifts up, and it is a guy with like the like the darkest five o'clock shadow,
0: (laughs) right? Because you can't ask a fourteen year old to do this big stunt,
1: (laughs) but yeah, it looks funny. It's like it's like oh, it's like they got Luke Skywalker into they got Mark (laughs) Hamill to do this. (laughs) <laughs> uh i mean
0: those there are plenty of parts that look really janky but the other parts th- that don't look janky um are like i said like the the monster scenes there's this big like pig style boar monster who runs in yeah. and stop animation and, and close-up it's a puppet um, it kind of
1: looks like a puppet from uh the land of confusion video <laughs> He looks like a spitting image puppet, or like a never-ending <laughs> yeah. story ghoul kind of uh, yeah. thing. Spitting image, that's right. Yeah, but it's amazing. It's amazing. It looks great.
0: A lot of stuff in this movie, I really remember, really like came back to me as a kid because there are a lot of things that these kids have happened to them and they are very canny about picking things that kids actually get freaked out by not so freaked out that I was you know traumatized by it but being stuck in a in a little area with something trying to get at you that's big um oh, yeah. one of the kid mace falls in this like magic pond and the pond oh, surface turns to glass and he's just banging yeah. on it trying to be heard by the other people at the at the camp um oh yeah, god that tree that has a hole in it and then it looks like this little sock puppet makes cooing noises at him he tries to grab yes. it and whatever's in the tree sucks his whole arm in and starts eating his <laughs> arm yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah there's all kinds of like little scary little things in this it's i i i, I you know um we're getting into a, the kind of wrap up time here so i'm i'm fine with saying like like this out of all the um you know i'm not going to sit around and watch this thing a lot or something, but I enjoyed my time with this. Like it, it's, it's definitely, it's paced for a child for sure. Um, but it's just, it's got lots of fun, little magical things in it and it, and it really, I think it really works. I think it would have worked in the theater a little, you know, like a short run in the theater. Maybe, I don't know if it did or not, but, um, I, I, I enjoyed this movie.
0: Yeah, it's, it really is for kids. They're not trying to hit every quadrant in this. It stars yeah. kids. They're looking for their mommy and daddy. They're surrounded by these cutesy creatures. They get into stuff that's a little scary, but it's not too scary. It's very and funny. The little
1: creatures are like, you know, wrestling with each other, getting mad at each other, doing funny little things. Right. There's
0: a little, like I said, there's a little animated light sprite who they befriend who yes. like- coos and dances around and is a help at the end um, Yeah, the, and so this movie was directed by John Cordy um, who uh, was an animator um, who worked on a lot of kids stuff and it was produced by Thomas Smith who was formerly the head of Industrial Light and Magic so I think okay. that's how they packed so many special effects into this pretty low budgeted movie they just knew how to shoot it you know you have an animator who knows about like getting the maximum amount of you know frames or how to put stuff together so it'll all you know, coalesce in a good way i mean really this this is more slick than most 1984 movies in terms of how it it looks all of one piece
1: yeah um and the there's a lot of like you can tell there's a lot of stuff in this where it's like doesn't really serve the story necessarily but it's no. just cool. It's just cool. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like that's the- why I like it like it's like I, like the sprite the little like animated sprite thing um like, I, I I could not figure at all what it what what it was doing what what the point of it was. I think, I guess there was something towards the end or something. I don't know. But I just, I love those little sprites. I like the little drawing, the little animation in the hand. Well, when that's, When they were holding yeah. the sprites.
0: At, at the end, they finally make their way to the mountain where the Gorax lives. Um, right. And the Gorax is, like I said, one of those classic 1980s rubber suit monsters. It looks good, but also it has a really disquieting feature that I still get kind of irped out by. And it's in almost all eighties and nineties monster movies where it is. The mask is built to use a human's actual eyes. It isn't fake eyes built into the suit. So you have this creature with this enormous head and this elongated snout, but then the same uh, distance between the eyes so you get all these creatures in <laughs> 80s movies who have very tiny human eyes, very close to get placed very close together in this giant skulled head. Yes. And, and always they're always super sweaty. Gross. And they're always, they're oh, like, they're sweating up a the storm. are so moist. And of course, the guy who built this monster is the guy who plays the monster because that's how it used to work. They were like, yeah, I built it. Now I'm in the movie. Like I have another actor <laughs> to do it. No, I built it. You owe me. <laughs> And the guy who directed all the Gorax scenes, which I guess were all slightly slowed down to make him seem bigger and you know, more. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the guy who directed it was Joe Johnston, who or Joe Johnson, who directed Rocketeer and uh, Captain mm-hmm. America and a lot of other uh, big okay. movies. This was his little break.
1: He's a Disney favorite. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, I guess the other janky effect is that spider that comes in the spider web and you see oh every single God. string. It looks like <laughs> one of the bared marionettes from like Sound of Music is coming
1: down. <laughs> it's It looks like someone bought a fake spider in a Halloween store. <laughs> and it's the just new kid built being... that spider at ILM. Yeah. It's just being dribbled down and it just kind of bumps into you. <laughs> Like, that's how it so, gets you and it kind of flies around
0: you were saying like i you know i assumed it did well it did really well apparently they shopped this around to every major network that turned them down which is really weird but they were shopping it as a half hour special which i don't know how oh. you would do this as a half hour special hmm. and finally abc said well i guess we could do it but make it a 2 hour movie so that's what they did, and it was the second biggest uh, ratings for a TV movie for ABC that year. They released it overseas in a couple countries theatrically, and I guess it did okay. pretty well. And, uh, and did so there well- was a sequel. Yeah, they made a sequel the next year, Ewoks Battle for Endor, which we have to watch to see how it stacks up. Not only because we yes. did this, but because Wilfred Brimley is in it, and what are we not going to watch Ooh a movie with grandpa Brimley talking to these
1: little, these little cute little stoats. <laughs> and, uh, there's a great, um, I don't want to spoil. I mean, I won't spoil what happens in the next one. We have I haven't watched it. I don't know if
0: I've ever seen it.
1: I think I might've seen it. There's a chance that that's the one I saw. Okay. You know, like there's a chance that that's the one I saw and not this one, but, uh, as a kid, I mean, and, um, uh, but, Later on, Sindel, the little girl, she goes on to in one of the books written later, in the C canon, I guess I don't know. She goes on to become a journalist in the Star Wars universe.
0: Sure, they were definitely thinking about that when they made this movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's always saying she, things she like, ends "I'll up- make a note of that," <laughs> and she ends up like writing like some famous book that's about like. Star Wars goings on, or something.
0: Of course, because nobody in the Star Wars universe can just be a regular person. Everybody then has to have a destiny to do the craziest, biggest, most life altering <laughs> thing possible.
1: Well, every, every, like, I feel like I'm like, sometimes I don't, like, I don't understand why she even had to have a future. Like, why, why, who cares? Like, 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 I, like, why does anyone, like, I don't need to know what a janitor, on right. the freaking Death Star is doing <laughs> mm-hmm. 10 years after it blew up. Yeah. <laughs> Did he get off <laughs> in time? Well,
0: tell it to the people of Wikipedia. Yeah,
1: I will. They wanna My know. favorite thing about Wikipedia is that they have to incorporate um, <laughs> Disney <laughs> Disney uh, World... Stuff from Tomorrowland into Star Wars canon because because it, it is like like the guy from there's there's like this guy who's who is a ro- animatronic robot who sings to you in the um, in one of the restaurants in Tomorrowland. Oh, so he, he's you, part you're talking of, Sunny Eclipse, Sunny Eclipse. He's yeah. part of the Star Wars universe. He is. <laughs> yes. What? Yeah. It's is he funny. like a if background you look character in a comic or something? No, he's just listed on Wikipedia at, because of Star Tours and all that stuff. Oh my if you look God. at Wiki, Wikipedia, he's in there. Whew. Man,
0: well, this is the kind of hard hitting facts you come to our podcast for. So yeah, you're welcome, yeah. everyone. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I like this again. This is for kids. If you watch this, don't expect any great shakes. But I, I could see kids still liking this, right? Or am I? Am I? I guess kids have a certain um, uh, attention span. <laughs> I guess
1: See, this I would be like, very
0: slow moving to a certain type of child.
1: I feel like um, the age of kid that this was for back then is that same age now wouldn't be interested in this.
0: Hmm. As okay.
1: As much. So, you know, so if it was for like uh, uh, 12 year olds or 11 year olds or something, nowadays. Uh, probably like eight year olds would would more enjoy this. Oh, I don't. I think twelve is too old for this in general. I, I'm just I'm just picking a random age, but like I think like you whatever whatever it was intended for at that time, take a few years off I now see. because there's so much. It, everything's so much more advanced. That You're saying I feel kids
0: like, they grow up so fast these days. Oh yeah. I do say that. I say that constantly. You do. And you also wanted to say, you you wanted to work in uh, your favorite Ewok swears. You said there were certain verses that you were really into.
1: (laughs) My favorite, there's a couple of words. If you watch this with captions, as I always like to do, Hmm. um, because for some reason, because I don't have a sound system. So like all of the action is it blows my, like breaks the windows in my house, but all the dialogue is like, I have to wear headphones to hear it. Right. Okay. I don't understand that, but, um, (laughs) so like, like if you read the thing, it like, it just says like, I forget what it says, but it's some kind of thing like frustrated, groan, or something like that. You know, it says something, like, that's not what it says. Sure. But it says something to allude to that whatever word they're using is, like, a swear, or it would be, like, uh, okay. like darn it, or shoot, or something. Yeah. And it's, uh, they say it a few times, and it's,
0: feech. <laughs> feech. Uh, you talking about the sound system reminded me of something, and we will... uh wrap on this because I I now want to do this Um, whenever this premiered on TV certain radio stations played a audio mix and you could listen to the radio at the same time as watching this so it would create a surround sound experience in your home in 1984
1: can you get that clips
0: I don't know I, I I just read about that today but I was like wow that's the greatest. That's idea. like some flaming <laughs>
1: lips level thing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Can, are there any other words? There Were there any words that you, uh, there was someone like, like, Chordu. <laughs> there's always there's like all these words that they use, like andy, 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 and like they 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 only have about five words and they use them interchange. I feel like they're just using them rent. <laughs> it's like the, the Smurfs. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, if if you can find that audio, that would be awesome to watch this with that.
0: Yeah, I'll dig up even more defunct technology to watch this old movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, speaking of uh cutting-edge technology, tune in for next week when we're going to be talking about a real doozy of a historical event. But for now, thank you so much for joining us. Producer Jeremy, any final words of wisdom?
1: Um, stay off of Wikipedia, folks. <laughs> yeah, he's right. Fake he's news. really right. <laughs> oh, oh, he oh, we forgot to mention Jeremy starting his own Uh, kind of OAN-style version of Wikipedia. He's starting 3pedia. Yeah.
0: (laughs) The real scoop. Have you noticed? And not... uh, In some films of Star Wars,
1: Han Solo shoots first.
0: Oh, Uh, boy. And then in other films... Hey, hey Jeremy, you can take the emails this week. (laughs) I'm not looking (laughs) after that comment. And those are the exact kind of things Luke Skywalker... Wants you to be thinking about.
1: Oh, boy. Save it for Kevin Smith. On his, January 6th is canon. (laughs) Bye. Bye.